Good morning. Good morning, Vineyard fam. How we doing today? Oh, that is great. That is great. It is so awesome to be with you. And to our Sullivan fam, it's so great to be with you as well. And for those joining us online, thank you so much for being here with us. Man, this is special. It, it is so special to be back with you all. So I know that we've been in this series called Holy Spirit, where we have been diving into the, 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 the various roles that Holy Spirit plays in our lives. And also we've been um, clearing up some of the misconceptions that we may have about him. And I'm excited to continue our series today as we dive into Holy Spirit as the teacher. So would you all pray with me as we jump in? Holy Spirit, we are so thankful for your presence. We're thankful for your presence that is in us, that is with us, uh, that's for us. And we know that you're already here, but I ask that you would come even more. Would you come in your power today? Would you come and move would you come and have your way? I pray, God, that you would do a, a, a special thing, a unique thing in our time together. I, I specifically ask for the teacher to come as well, God. Would you, would you release your presence, open ears, open hearts, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So life update, uh, um, everyone, I and, and my family, we, we are dog owners now. Um, like it's, it's real. We're, we're dog owners to, to this cutie named Zilla, okay? And uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't by choice. I felt kind of like forced into it um, because someone in my family was, was getting rid of her. And, and you know, being the, 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 the good Christian that I am, I'm like, well, I, I can't let that happen, right? And uh, Zilla is, is an amazing addition to the family. But to know me is to know that I have not had a dog since I was about 14 years old or so. And um, Sharon was not a dog you know, owner growing up as well. So when I said yes to this, I, I was thinking that I was saying yes to being a dog owner like 17 years ago. Okay, but what, what I'm quickly finding out, what I'm, what I'm quickly learning is that so much has changed. This is a new generation of dog owners out here, y'all. Y'all different out here. Maybe you didn't realize that because you are one of those dog owners in the house, but y'all are different out here. And I just want you to know, it's crazy. So I've, I've been online frantically searching and, and looking up information, trying to, trying to learn. And I've been talking to other dog owners and it's overwhelming, the, the things that I'm, I'm reading. So, so for example, y'all, there, there's pet insurance that, that jobs are offering now like a part of the package, like for real, you can actually, job, jobs are wooing you now of saying, hey, yeah, you come work for us. Uh, we will also insure your dog as well. Uh, that, that's a real thing right now. Um, another thing that I'm learning is that folks are giving their dog entire rooms in their house. I'm not talking about like, oh yeah, it's just a little kennel. No, I'm talking about a full-size bed. I'm talking about a closet for their dog outfits and their shoe, their, their, their dog boots. The other thing that is, is shocking and new for me is the schedule. Some of these schedules that I have been looking at, it, it looks like a newborn baby schedule. And, and, and it took me back and I was having like emotional reactions to, to when my two kids were infants. Here's one that I found. This is uh, one that, you know, I, I, 
I, I really don't know how to take this. 7 a.m., wake up and go for a brisk walk and playtime, okay? I'm getting ready at 7 a.m. Who, who's doing that? 7.30, eat, change the water. And that makes sense, okay? 8 a.m., go to the bathroom again. 9 to 12 p.m., nap time. Again, is this a, a baby? Is this a dog? I don't know. 12 to 1, exercise or play. Again, I'm gone. Who's, who's here playing with the dog at 12 to 1? 1 to 5, nap time again, opportunities to play. Uh, I'm mad confused. 5 p.m. to 7.30, drinks, plural, dinner, and playtime. What else do dogs drink other than water? Uh, I, I didn't know. Maybe somebody can tell me later. 7.30 to 11 p.m., quiet family time. Brush and groom your dog. Brush your dog's teeth. I got, a, I got a confession. 17 years ago, I wasn't brushing my dog's teeth, y'all. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. Um, but apparently, you do that every day. It's a lot. It's a lot of information. So I, I remember telling Sharon, I'm like, this is crazy. This is kind of overwhelming. I'm overwhelmed by all of this information I'm hearing and I'm reading. It feels like an entirely new, new world. And, you know, there are moments when our life just feels like that. There, there are moments when, when, when our life can feel this way. And if we're being honest, there are times, there are moments when, when things come into our lives in unexpected ways. There, there, there are moments when, when we are, are doing life with Jesus and, and we begin to feel stuck or confused. There are moments when, when we begin to feel unclear or um, just, just, just un- uncertain about certain things in our lives, especially when it comes to growing in our faith and relationship with him, particularly growing when it comes to engaging in spiritual practices like reading the Bible. And just like me with my new dog, the problem isn't necessarily information, you know, it's, it's not that we don't have the inputs. It, we, we know that information is a click away. It's at, it's at the tip of our fingers. Our, our generation, we have more information, more access to information than any other generation before. So, it's informa- you know, information is not necessarily the thing. The, 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 the problem often, I, I would like to suggest, is that we're often missing instruction, And how many of y'all know that instruction is different than information? Information is just the the, the facts and the content, but instruction is how to apply the facts and the content. How do you move forward in the facts and the content? And we know that instruction comes from instructors. It comes from teachers and really good instructors They're not just trying to teach you theories, but they want to help you apply those theories and ideas. They want to teach you practical skills. You know, for example, you can can try to learn Spanish on your own, but you're better off with a, a Spanish instructor. You could try to, you know, read a book on how to drive, but you're better off having a driving instructor. And this brings me to the question that I want us to wrestle with together. And that is, where do I go when I don't know? 
Where do I go when I don't know? The, the answer to this question is actually important. When you find yourself up against a challenge in life, when you find yourself confused or stuck in your faith, where do you go when you don't know? You go to family? Do you go to friends? Do you go to Google? Do you go to the TikTok, like the kids say? When you find yourself maybe trying to navigate relationship with your child who, who is now an adult and you feel unequipped, when you've stepped into a new role as a, as a parent or as a spouse, or maybe you made a career change and it feels overwhelming, when you've when you've stepped into a place where, where you say, I, I want to I grow in my faith. I, I want to I take some steps forward. And you begin maybe reading the Bible more, praying more, but it, it just feels confusing or there's something that just doesn't seem to be clicking. When you say, I, I, I want to learn to let go of shame. I want to learn to forgive myself but there seems to be something that is lacking. Or maybe when you're holding grief and sadness and you're unsure about what to do with that, where do I go when I don't know? Spoiler alert, you go to the instructor. You go to the comforter. You go to the teacher, Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you why. So, so towards the end of his ministry, Jesus, he's, he's preparing his disciples for a life without him physically being present. And he confirms this for us in John 14, verse 26. And Hap, he, he read this verse as well, but we're going to look at it one more time together. This is what it says. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I, all that I have said to you. Now, again, the, the, the context of this verse is that Jesus, he's giving his disciples a vision of what life is going to be like with this new helper. He's, he's giving them a vision of what to expect. And what Jesus says very clearly in no uncertain terms is that you can expect this new helper to teach you all things. Not just Sunday morning things, not just small group things, not just uh, uh, churchy things, but all things this teacher will teach you. And this word teach that he uses here means impart or instill. So think about the phrase that we hear often today that oh, oh, my parents instilled confidence in me. And when we hear that phrase, we, we immediately know that it implies this consistent rhythm of investing in your child's self-worth. So what is Jesus saying? He is saying that the Holy Spirit will do much more than just give you theories. He will do much more than just give you ideas. He will do much more than give you information, but the Spirit will consistently infuse you with all of the things that you need to live the life that he has invited you to live. In this verse, Jesus, he reveals the assignment of teacher Holy Spirit. The ministry of Holy Spirit is to take what belongs to Jesus and instill them in us. It is to take what belongs to Jesus and instill them in us. What are those things that belong to Jesus? 
Well, towards the end of his life, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, he, he writes this. He answers this question in 2 Peter 1, verse 2 to 4. This is what he says. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our and of uh, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted us his precious and, and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. I want you all to picture this with me for a moment. Peter was at the table. Peter was there when Jesus is explaining all of this about the Holy Spirit. Peter felt all of the the, the anxiety when Jesus is like, hey, I'm about to to head out now. Um, He was there in that moment, but now here in, in this text, Peter's reflecting now as an older, wiser man who has lived his life in partnership with the Spirit. And he is reflecting and he says that, hey, through the power of Jesus, we have all the things that we need that pertain to the God kind of life, the the, the good life, and everything that we need for godliness in Jesus. The, 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 the connotation that he is saying here is not about knowing of Jesus. He's not talking about that. He's talking about knowing him specifically. He's like, I, I knew what Jesus's breath smelled like. That, that's the kind of knowing that Peter is referring to in this text. But then he goes on to say that through this relational knowing that we are inviting, invited into, we have received Jesus' promises, and his divine nature lives within us. You may not feel it, but there's confidence on the inside of you. You may feel weak, but there's strength on the inside of you. You may not feel it, but there's leadership on the inside of you. You may not feel it, but there's a sense of belonging on the inside of you because all of these things and much, much more are in the divine nature and the divine nature lives in you. This is what Peter is saying. All of these things are possible because the presence of the Holy Spirit lives within us. He is the person of the Trinity that empowers us to know and to experience and to understand all of the things that have already been made available to us. I, you know, we can think of Holy Spirit as being the, 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 the governor of earth. When I say governor, I'm not talking about governor in the, the, the sense that we understand it today in a, in, in a democracy, but governor in the sense that Jesus and his disciples would have understood it being under Roman rule. So under the Roman Empire, when, when Rome would conquer a new land, the emperor would appoint a military governor to oversee that land. And it was this governor's job to make that new land look and sound like Rome, basically. So this governor, along with his other officials, they would build Roman architecture there. They would teach the people there Rome's language. They would teach the people there Rome's history. 
they would teach them all of the things that they needed to in order for them to know what it meant to be Roman citizens. Holy Spirit does a similar work. See, see, Jesus, he has already established his kingdom here and now. He, he's already established his kingdom on this earth. And when we put our faith in Jesus, the rule and the reign of God was established in us. We became citizens of the kingdom of God. And Jesus, he sent Holy Spirit to instruct us in what it means and what it looks like to be citizens of this new kingdom. In this kingdom, we have a new identity. In this kingdom, we are taught the values and, and, and the culture of, of heaven. Values like love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Holy Spirit is the one who, who teaches, okay, what does this look like for me? The ministry of the Spirit is to take what belongs to Jesus and instill them in us. Now, what, what does that look like? How does he do that? How does he do that in our lives? Well, Holy Spirit teaches us or instills things in us in so many different ways. We don't have time to unpack it all right now. But one of the primary ways that he does that is through the Bible, is through God's written word. The Bible is unlike any other book in history. The Bible is God's divinely inspired words. And when it's in the hands of a person who is filled with the presence of God, it becomes alive. It becomes dynamic. It becomes powerful. It becomes active. Talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, who, who was navigating some challenges in life, and in ministry as well, the Apostle Paul, he, he writes this about the scriptures. He says this in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. He says, every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. I love, I love what the Apostle Paul says here to Timothy. He, he wrote to him to, to encourage him in the middle of a difficult moment in his life, in the middle of some confusion he was navigating, and he puts emphasis on the Bible, on Scripture. He says that every part, not just your favorite part, not just the part you got tattooed on you, not just the part you got on your wall, not just the part you understand, but every part of Scripture is God-breathed. It is God-breathed. In the first week of this series, Julie taught us what, what the literal translation of the word spirit is in the New Testament. It's pneuma, and it, it means wind. It means, it means breath. So what is Paul saying here? I believe he's saying that all Scripture is spirit-filled. I believe he's saying that God's breath fills the Bible. His very breath fills the Bible. I imagine it this way. So think about when you blow up a balloon. You know, maybe you're at a, at a party. You're helping set up a party, celebration. You know, um, what's contained in this balloon, if, if I could tie it, is... 
my breath. Our breath is contained in the balloon that we blow up. And I did not know this part until I went down the research rabbit trail. Um, but God did, to, to quote DJ Khaled. God, God knew this. So when I was looking at this, I, I found out that in our exhale, so when we, when we blow, I, I thought that I was exhaling what was in the room. I thought that I was just exhaling what was in the environment. But what I, what I learned is that when we exhale, we're also exhaling microbes and things that are inside of our body. And our exhale, it actually gives off a unique, a unique um, like uh, signature. A unique signature exists in our exhale. So, so my, my, my unique signature is inside of this balloon right now. So not only do you have a, a fingerprint, but you also have a breath print. So tell me you're made in the image of God without telling me you're made in the image of God. So what, what Paul is saying here is that the unique breath print of God is found in the scriptures of God. Meaning that God's spirit, it, it, it inspired and it, it, it animated and it led and it oversaw, it directed the process of scripture through and through. And when the teacher Holy Spirit who lives in us begins to interact with the breath print of God that is alive in the scriptures, things begin to happen in our lives. Things begin to change in our lives. We, we begin to think a little bit differently. We begin to have thoughts that, 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 that we didn't recognize before, but they're kingdom thoughts. We begin to get direction when we feel lost. We begin to be corrected when we get off course. We begin to feel wisdom when we, when we need it in the moment. We, we begin to transform as Jesus begins to instill those things that are his through Scripture. This is what happens when we connect with the teacher through his written, God-breathed word. Now, one thing I do not want to miss, and I want to say very clearly, what I want to name very clearly is that I'm very aware of the fact that the Bible is just confusing. Let's just, let's just be real. Let's, let's just call it, call it what it is. It, it, it's just kind of confusing. You know, it's uh, written by like 40 different authors over a 1,500-year time period. We are over 2,000 years removed or more from the cultures and the, the context that it was written in. It could just be confusing. And we should name that, that, that it, just, it just can be confusing. And I, I'm, I'm very aware of that. And that could be a deterrer for us. It, it, it could be intimidating for us. So what does it look like to practically read and connect with Holy Spirit through the Word? I want to give you a quick framework that you can utilize. You could try. If, if you find yourself in that category, if you find yourself in that boat, you could try this at home. So if I am sitting down to connect with God in the Bible, I, I'm, I'm going to start by welcoming the presence of the teacher. I'm going to start by welcoming Holy Spirit. I may, I may start with my palms up and my hands are out because that, that to me, it's a, it's a posture of openness, of expectation as well. I'm expecting to receive something in this time. Then I'm going to decide on what am I reading. 
if I don't already know? And, and let's say you're in a place where you're, you're like, I don't know where to start. I would recommend you start with the Gospels. And, and, and the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I say that because they tell the story of Jesus. And that is the, Jesus is the, 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 the focus, the main character of the Bible. So you could start there. And then once you decide on where you want to start, you should start with one to seven verses. You want to read short passages because I'm interested in quality over quantity. So start with some short sections of, of, of uh, the Bible or the, you know, the chapter you're reading. Then the first thing you want to do is you want to ruminate. You want to ruminate on those verses. Ruminate, it, it just means to chew slowly. You want to chew, chew slowly on that verse. You want to meditate. And this, this phase, this stage right here is all about curiosity, want to be curious about what you're reading. You may ask yourself questions like, well, what is this? What did, what did I learn about God, Jesus, or Holy Spirit? That's a, that's a great question. We'll just let that go. Another question you may ask is, what did I learn about, about people, about humanity, or about myself as I, as I read this? And then another thing that I will often do is, you know, I'm, I, I love using apps. There, there's an app for everything out here in these streets, y'all. So there, there are a couple apps that I like to use that, that, that help me sometimes. Uh, one of them is called the Blue Letter Bible app. And another one that I, I like to use is called uh, Logos Bible app, L-O-G-O-S. And, you know, let's say that I'm interested in what I'm reading. Let's take our verse that we just read, 2 Timothy 3.16. If I'm like interested, like, ah, this word God breathed is so fascinating to me. I wonder what that means. These, these kind of tools will help me to understand what that word means. And when I understand what that word means, it gives me a greater appreciation for what that verse is saying. So I may, I may do that in the, uh, the, 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 the rumination stage when I'm ruminating. Next, you want to communicate. You want to communicate. And when I say communicate, I mean pray. You want to talk to God about what you are reading. The, the, the whole time you're talking to God about what you're reading. But in this particular phase, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in inviting him more deeply into what I'm reading. I may, I may pray and say things like, you know, God, I, I, I see here in Timothy that Paul seemed to really understand the value of Scripture. I'm, I don't know if I'm experiencing it the way that he is saying right now, but would you, would you allow me, would you empower me, would you help me to experience the Bible the way that I'm seeing it described here? Or I will pray questions that I have. I'll, I'll pray, God, you know, what does it mean that that, that Scripture will, will help to mis, uh, correct our mistakes what does that mean? This, this stage, you're, you're just asking God questions. You're praying those things that are on your heart to him. And then lastly, I'm going to integrate. I'm going to integrate. I'm going to ask Holy Spirit and myself, I'm going to ask him, you know, what is this verse inviting me to do? What is it inviting me to do? I'm going to look for ways to begin to work this into my life, to put this into practice, because we're not just interested in head knowledge, right? We, we want to learn, but we want to be able to put those things into action because we have an instructor with us who's walking with us. So if it is our verse, I may say, you know what? Um, I'm going to try to read my Bible 20 minutes a day. 
and pray. Maybe that's what I'm going to try this week. So you want to ruminate, communicate, and integrate. And this is just one approach to, to reading the Bible. There are so many different approaches. But listen, we need Holy Spirit as teacher in our lives. We need him to show up as teacher in our lives. It is essential. It, it's, it's like absolutely vital that we have him and we look for him and we expect him as teacher in our lives. I need him every day on the daily, on the daily, y'all, as, as teacher. I'm in a season where, where, where life, it feels like every single day I'm navigating some sort of new challenge or, or, or I'm, I'm confronted with some, some sort of new stressor. And, and in new, and full disclosure, y'all, I, I don't always respond to that in, in, in a holy way. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta be real with you. But that is why I, I need the Holy Spirit. That's why I need him. A couple of weeks ago, I was in one of these moments, actually. I, I was in a moment like this. It was, a, it was a stressful week, and I'm doing the bedtime routine, and, and I was just nitpicky and unpleasant. I just, I wasn't pleasant. I'm sure y'all don't relate to that at all. I'm sure, I'm sure that's never you. But man, I'm, I'm just unpleasant. I'm nitpicky, and, and, I'm, and I'm specifically nitpicky with my son. And Levi, he, he says to me, he's only three. He's almost four. And, and he says to me, and, and as soon as he says this, I knew, I knew it was the Holy Spirit talking. He's like, I'm sorry, Dad, that I make mistakes. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, the pain. <laughs> oh, oh, the turmoil. I, I was immediately, immediately I was, I was convicted and and, and, and I tried to, 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 to double back. I knew it was the Holy Spirit talking. It was one of those moments that you're, you're three, you, you know, and you just, it, it, it hit me in a different way because when the teacher talks, it, it, it resonates with you in, in, in a different way. And, and, and I just tried to backtrack and say, oh no, Levi. No, you, you, can make, you can make mistakes. Daddy makes mistakes. Mommy makes mistakes. We all make mistakes. It's, it's totally fine. And and. and Dad's just having a bad day. He, he, he looked like he, he was relieved to hear all of this. And, you know, he went to sleep. He was fine. But for me, I was, I was a little shaken after that encounter. And, and I left his room and I, and I went into my office. I just sat with that for a second. I sat, I sat in that. And I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say to me that, that I budget for your mistakes. So you need to do the same. And then I felt like he, he led me to, to some specific passages to read in the Bible. And I just sat and I, and I read and I, and I journaled and, and I sat in that moment for a second. See, this is why we need the instructor in our lives. Because there are moments and, and situations that pop up in our lives that, that, that we do not have the skills, we do not have the capacity, we do not have the strength, we do not have the wisdom, we do not have all of the things we need to navigate it. Listen, there, there are certain things that your degrees can't teach you. There, there are certain things that your experience can't teach you. There are some things that the leading experts can't teach you. 
Believe it or not, there, there are certain things that you cannot find on TikTok. There, there are certain things that, that just have to be instilled in us by the Spirit. You need an instruction to, to know how to persevere and, and to have faithfulness in those moments when you feel like giving up in uncertainty. You need instruction and, and empowerment to know how to walk in the kingdom authority that Jesus says is yours. You, you need instruction and empowerment to know how to be present in someone else's time of need. You need instruction and empowerment to, to walk in love and in joy and in peace and patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control in your relationships with other people. There are just certain things that just have to be instilled in us by the Spirit. And I'm so thankful that it does not rely on me. I'm so thankful that it's not about what I have on the inside of me because if it, if it was, I'd be in some big trouble. Aren't you grateful that you have a teacher like no other? You have a teacher like no other. Listen, if you did not hear me say anything else, I want you to hear me say that when you don't know, Holy Spirit does. When you don't know, Holy Spirit does. And, and if all you have is a Holy Spirit I don't know. That is enough of an invitation for the teacher to come, period. Our, our teacher, our, our, our instructor, Holy Spirit, he is more committed to us walking in all the things that Jesus has made available to us than we are. He is so committed to us experiencing the divine nature that flows through and in us. Let us begin to rely on him today. Let, let, let's invite his presence into those places in your life that feel confusing, that feel overwhelming, that feel cloudy. Let's invite him into those spaces today. And I believe that you will be met powerfully by the teacher. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. Wow, God, I'm thankful for the way in which you don't leave us to our own uh, schemes and abilities, but you empower us, God, to do the things that we cannot do on our own. You are the teacher, the instructor who walks with us, who does life with us. And I ask for more of your presence in that way in our lives. God, would you show up more powerfully as teacher in our lives as we hand over those things that we may not know what to do with, but we know that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.